0: Welcome to the second half of a two-part conversation that I recorded with my partner, Jen. For the story so far, listen back to part one, which came out on Wednesday. That's where you'll find the usual stuff that will give you some context of who Jen is and how we know each other. And a lot more besides. I do think that with this particular conversation, it is better to have heard the first half. But that is up to you. Both these episodes are part of the personal season. And the conversation goes to some personal places. It's very open. It's very honest. And... It has some quiet revelations. That's what's nice about it. Although I don't feel completely comfortable with it. I'm glad to have had it. And I feel strange about sharing it with you.
1: I mean, it's easy to feel guilty in that sense sometimes because because that it's so not what is accepted in society. And uh, there are certain sort of fields of my life that I would not be comfortable with sharing this information in so it'll be interesting to see whether I let this podcast go out.
0: Hello, I'm Dave, I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better Please make me better I want to get better 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 acquainted with you Right,
2: so we've had a break, Mm -hmm. emptied the dishwasher, (laughs) (laughs) and talking of which, so we were going to try and get into the domestic negotiation that has been our last 13 years. I mean, initially we didn't live together.
1: No.
2: So that was quite easy. My room was a mess. Yep. Your room not. was not. <laughs> it was tidy, aesthetically designed. I mean, I don't want to say there's no aesthetics in my room. I had posters, stuff like that. Yeah, bury them, right? <laughs> and through kind of necessity in the second year, we mostly stayed in my mess room, yeah. which was a nightmare, particularly in those days. I was more messy then I think than yeah. I would be now. And then we moved in together, the third year of our relationship. We actually lived in well we had two rooms though still. Yeah, we did. Only had one house.
1: And we uh we had two rooms but we always slept in one of them. We had one of, it was always my room was the sleeping room.
2: Yeah, because you care about your sleeping environment and your working environment kind of equally. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so you wanted to have kind of control, I guess, of that.
1: I didn't want to sleep in a mess anymore. Yeah, right. Reasonable, <laughs>
2: reasonable, reasonable. But then we, but that was still kind of quite evenly distributed. I mean, in terms of chores around the house at those stages, because they were shared houses, all of those different houses, we 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 both pitched in.
1: I think we probably had rotors some of that time as well.
2: Yeah, and we both pitched in. Yeah, pretty equally.
1: Yeah, probably.
2: We both had different demands on our time as well then. So we had both had enough, to, like, we had enough time to pitch in easily mm. without there being a question yeah. of like, I mean, because where the domestic things get problematic is when you're making a choice between doing something that you want or need to do and doing a domestic chore. And yeah. then that, that that's when how much the domestic chore It matters to you kicks in.
1: Yeah, right, and whether, he, because I would say that usually those things need to be done, those are needs, whereas you may not think that.
2: And whether I think that because I'm a man or not is a question that I ask myself a hell of a lot, probably too much, and has not been an easy dynamic of how we've managed to, to have domestic chores, because I feel incredibly guilty if you're doing more of the work.
1: Well, the reason we got to that point was because I had more of the time.
2: Well, that was initially, it's partly that, and it's partly because of the fact that you're doing more of the work, but because you think more of the work needs to be done yeah. than I do. There are things I absolutely don't disagree that need to be done, domestic-wise. It's. It's. I always kind of have this voice in my mind of my female family members, I guess, having said at various times that, you know... It's all very well for men saying they don't need to, these things need to be done, but if they weren't done, they'd be upset, you know. And that that mu- that to a certain extent must be true, for me in some areas. Well, apart from the fact just...
1: that you can live in a mess. I mean, I right. do, although although to an extent you can't. Like you, your study was a mess for ages, and you lived with it for a while, and then eventually you just stopped going in it because it was such a mess. This
2: is recent, <laughs> <laughs> timeline-wise. We're <but laughs> recent.
1: I guess if you lived on your own, that would happen and you wouldn't just be able to stop going home, so you would probably sort it out at that point.
2: Right, I don't think my relationship with tidiness is necessarily good, and I, I probably should work on that. Which makes it sound like I make—I don't make your spaces untidy, I try no, not no, to, no. right? No,
1: no, no, and I don't touch your study.
2: Yeah, that's one of the ways we found to, to na- navigate domestic kind of uh, concerns, Going back though to, so what? So we moved into a house together after a couple of years of living with some other people. Mm -hmm. And then we had a house in, well, I mean, it makes it sound exciting. We were renting a house in Lancaster. So it was much, much cheaper than London. And it was, this was years before, this was quite a few years before the housing crisis. It was a time when you could afford to rent a house, but it was, I think at that stage, What I would do is do a lot of the cooking in one day. I would have a one-day blitz, make loads and loads of food and freeze it. We both did it
1: that way. Right. It was a joke with friends that all our meals were square.
2: Right. I mean, they were all home-cooked meals that we froze, right? But part of the way that we designed that was so that we wouldn't have to have any, like... So it wouldn't get in the way of what... You were working really, really hard. And so there's no way that you should have been doing... All the cooking, no. and I had a part-time job, but I was trying to write novels. Now you're in that situation, and 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 so I guess it's become fair. Now. And also,
1: my relationship to cooking Fairer. has changed since no. I've been on my food journey. I'm enjoying, and it's a proper. It feels like an something that's important to me at the moment is to uh, be cooking, and
2: because that's the I guess that's the crux of our conflict, isn't it? Like. So I feel bad if you're doing more of the work, but your argument is that you feel more fulfilled when you're doing more of the work.
1: Certainly, there are certain jobs that I definitely feel that. uh, Cooking and shopping are two chores that I really enjoy. (laughs) I do feel more fulfilled and uh, it speaks to my control freakery. Also, domestic stuff in the kitchen. The kitchen is a space that I like to have a lot of control over and... So cleaning the kitchen is not something I ever resent.
2: Realising that you want to have control over the domestic space has kind of been slightly liberating for me over the years. Because re- re- realising that you have a need... To, it's not to do... Because that's the thing. It's untangling all of this stuff from social control, right? So I think, like... It's not because you're a woman that you have that need. There are plenty of women I know that mm. don't have that need. And there are plenty of men I know who are really house proud and really like precise and tidy and all of those things. I know loads of men like that. I wouldn't necessarily know if in their relationships they did an equal share of that. Like, I, I I wouldn't know if that... I wouldn't like to say that being a tidy man doesn't mean you're not potentially oppressing your partner. In you know, other, in way you know there are lots of and, and I'm not saying that being an untidy, like I'm not it, it that's what I'm saying unpicking it is really hard yeah right? yeah so I, I don't want to be oppressing you if you like
1: well right because I mean the other way that can go is you can go so far like we have to make sure that we're being equal so that you're not oppressed can be quite an oppressive right thing could be quite an oppressive thing yeah you know the key is to not oppress somebody, not to do what society says not oppressing someone is.
2: Yeah. And if I do, if I do more of the shopping, you're going to be much less happy with the end result. And so you are, are you. I, I mean,
1: it's just because I want a, a, a list. And so on the occasion, <laughs> you'll be like, can, can I'll go with your list. And then you have to ring me five times to find out exactly what I want on the list, because you want to please me with the list. And uh, my list is not good enough. Well, it's not clear sometimes, but then maybe that's just me being
2: a pathetic, man that can't cope on his own and has to like make every time they do a chore make it be a problem and a stress, so that it makes the woman go well. well, I might as well do the chore then because it's going to be less stressful. Like, isn't that me doing that? I
1: enjoy shopping and cooking anyway, so it's not those things are a problem. Whereas the your your main. I don't want to say your main job, but your definite... A domestic job that is definitely yours in our house is cleaning the bathroom. Right. Which works because I hate that job.
2: <laughs> right, and it and it <laughs> works as an offset for... I'd yeah. say the two things that offset my guilt about you doing more of the housework are me doing the bathroom and me making you breakfast in bed on a Sunday. Mm, but the problem with both of those things is that because they offset my guilt, I get really stressed out if I can't do them. Mm. If, my, if I've actually got so busy and have recently had weeks where I've been so busy that it's just, it would be, and it sounds like it's an excuse, but it's not an excuse. And it's so hard for me to accept that it's not an excuse, right? Because I I still feel guilty about it. But if I do, like, but not being able to do those things uh, becomes a stress in itself, right? Mm. So... I don't know how helpful that is.
1: Well, it's not. I'd rather just clean... I'd rather it not be a stress and I'll do it. Yeah, and, I know. But... have the stress about it. Definitely.
2: I mean, I don't know if this is me being a socialised as a man within society or if it's just there are qualities in me that make me just impossible. Like, I'm anxious. I've got anxiety. And that's actually something else I was going to talk to you about. I mean, so I've come to accept that I've got anxiety and depression, uh, and I feel weird about the depression word simply because I th- that's so many different things to different people, mm. and I don't want to say my depression is as bad as anybody else's. It's short form, I think, my depression. I get depressed for a day, or a week, or two weeks, or maybe a month, depression. but not, not the same lengths of time. I know well, it's the I, same I mean, thing.
1: Depression is, is a broad word. It does mean lots of different things. What you do have is depression. It's just not necessarily the same depression as other people's depression right and it's not debilitating you can cope with it because it is for short periods of time and
2: only you have to see it yeah and that's what I was going to say I mean we've had to navigate over these 13 years domestic stuff and that's been about me accepting that you have a right to do stuff as much as you have a right to not have to do that stuff
0: mm.
2: and like dealing with that and just dealing with the feminist if you like guilt that I have around it but in the other sphere of what we've had to deal with for the last 13 years that's been much more you having to deal with me having anxiety and depression that you, only you have, to, only you see. So you have this burden that only you really see.
1: Mm. Well, it comes back to the label thing again, I suppose. Like, it's only really recently that you've started, we've started accepting that they are mental health issues, and that's quite a comfort in some ways because I think at, at first, especially when you didn't know what it was and I didn't know what it was. Um, like, I'm talking very early days, I just used to think that, you know, I was making you angry or I was making you sad or, you know, that it was somewhere my fault. And now that that we're sort of understanding what it is and that it's internal problems that you have, that makes me much more able to be helpful and much more able to... I mean, obviously, still, I get upset. It's difficult to live with somebody who goes through those things. It is very exhausting. But I take a lot less on that, of that on myself now and I'm also a bit more able to protect myself from it than I used to be which isn't always necessarily helpful for you in the short term but it is in the long term I think
2: and I'm dealing with it better than I used to Yeah. I mean why do you stay with someone who's got depression like, that's how I always feel about it, not generally speaking just the way I feel within. and that's not my opinion that's my feeling. Like, I feel like since I bring so much negative experience into your life, and if I wasn't with you, I would not be hurting anyone because uh, I would only be being sad on my own, you know, if tweeting you don't about You just bring
1: <laughs> a negative experience into my life. That's okay. You bring, in fact, I wouldn't even say that you do bring a lot of negative experience <laughs> into my life. There are some negative things brought in by obviously having these things, but it's a lot less bad for me than it is for you. But and you bring a lot of positive in, It's so. a worse deal than you knew. I mean, why do you into... stay with someone who leaves the toilet seat up?
2: I don't do that though, do I? No,
1: I deliberately chose something you don't do. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, these are all just things that people have or people do, and you, you live with them because there's enough other stuff that you do want to live with. You take the bad stuff with the good stuff. That's what, what being with someone is about. Yeah. I, mean, and I, I have a lot of bad too. stuff too. I mean, I'm a control freak. It's, <laughs> I'm sure I'm difficult to live with, in some ways.
2: Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I I I, have to, I always feel like I, I'm the one who brings the most difficulty into the relationship. I do agree you're a control freak, and people don't necessarily know that people don't necessarily know what you're like because you're you are an introvert. You are someone who doesn't necessarily display their flaws whereas I I display my flaws I don't people don't see me when I'm depressed but I talk about being depressed Mm. if I see someone I will tell them that my experience of the last five days and if it's been a negative experience I will reference that Mm. more and more actually I I used to keep it much more hidden I, I feel like talking about it helps but and also bores people, I'm sure. It makes me a terrible, terrible pain in the ass to be around. But you, you, get, the, you get the cards you doubt dealt. And I think it's better to talk to other people about it than to always be talking to you. Because, Jesus, there's just a burden for you to be the only person that knows what's going on with me.
1: Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's true.
2: I mean... Because, I mean, you can't be objective and I can't be objective to you. No,
1: well, I'm not helpful sometimes because, because of that. Because... Uh, us being alone together is like being alone really so what it does for you is i mean i can be helpful to a point but i also allow you to dwell on things just by the fact that i'm here all the time and you know i'm going to be here all the time so you can go to all the dark places that so you would go on your own whereas with anybody else you might be a little bit more objective yeah which has is more helpful
2: no yeah no i mean i once wrote a line of a song i think And I was thinking about you at the time when I wrote it, um, which is like, I am alone when I am with you. And there's like a really beautiful thing about that when you're so close to someone that when you're together, it's like being alone. Mm -hmm. You can just be yourselves and you can just be completely naturally yourselves and, Mm -hmm. and you can finish each other's sentences and stuff. But there's a really negative thing about that, that you don't have the social pressures to hide your 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 feelings and it's good to let them out sure but not all the like There are I don't know it's complicated isn't it
1: yeah and you do have to it's easy to forget that the other person is a separate person sometimes right in situations. and they
2: need to have they, they don't need all of that no. stuff pushed into them that you're feeling yeah and I know that and I'm really sorry mm. just generally I, sorry
1: I, I, it's all just qualities of relationships it's I, I think that we it's all a journey isn't it and uh, our, our both what we were talking about earlier on we both sort of approach life as a journey and a learning curve and in different ways take on what we can and learn what we can where we can and this is all part of that and any relationship has this we are particularly self-aware in our relationship yeah <laughs> which is a good thing
2: well I think it, maybe it's an analogous thing as well uh, to being an, an introvert in that you uh, have no real experience particularly of like the kind of uh, mental health experiences I have Mm. or the the negative childhood experiences that have fed into them. Mm. You haven't had those experiences. You can understand them intellectually and that will help you to get where I'm coming from, but you have no understanding like on a visceral level. No. And I'm the same with you know, the extreme introvert, because you're an extreme introvert, right? When, yeah, we, did yeah. when test, we did the test, there was only one, one
1: question that I didn't come out that's
2: introvert. Yeah. Looking for validation in the world. You, you're interested in that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the only thing. And, and that's the thing. I'm like, like I can understand what it's like to be an introvert. Like that song I've been listening to recently about, what's it called? Crying for no reason. And it's about like pushing all your problems away and like, not thinking about them and repressing stuff and that helps me understand what it's like to be somebody that, that that's like an introvert like because mm-hmm. that's the ne- the more negative side of it right you, that's what you can you you'll you can you can repress things emotionally i
1: don't know if that's true actually yeah but that, maybe that, but it's that not. Is something that i do but it, i don't think that's to do with being an introvert that's just to do with being an ostrich which is a different <laughs> an ostrich
2: that's the medical <laughs> definition <laughs> yeah. But I can't repress stuff. I can't push ideas to the back of my mind. So when I hear that song, I I can emotionally empathise with it because it's a song and it's got emotional music. And I can intellectually understand what's being said. But that's as close to understanding what it's like to be able to push all your problems to the back of your mind because I can't push them to the back of my mind. And even though that song's saying that it doesn't really work, it comes Mm -hmm. out regardless, and that's what happens when you repress stuff... I haven't got that... I haven't got a filter. I've got no filter for that stuff, really. I've been working on it. Mm. But, I mean, you have to... You have to be around this all the time. And you decide, you've decide you decided to stay with me despite not fully getting that. And I've decided to stay with you despite not getting stuff about you. I well,
1: guess. I think... I mean, isn't that why a working relationship works in a way? You... you... You don't want to understand everything about the other person as part of the journey i mean you fit together and you you work together because you balance each other and you always want to understand the other person and you as long as you're always interested but i don't know i don't know if you ever can fully understand someone else and i i think it would be almost dangerous to think that you did
2: yeah yeah I think that's true. I think every time that I'm tempted or you're tempted to think we get the other person, it's probably a mistake.
1: And that's what's exciting, is trying to get things. I mean, and getting things, absolutely. I mean, you do do suddenly get something about somebody else, and that's what's exciting. You know, 13 years later, I can still, you'll say something, and I'll be like, oh, right, I get that about you now.
2: But, you know, that happens with you too. Uh, Like, you said something about me the other night, and I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, that sums exactly up me um and that's a great thing to have shared and it, it, I mean and one of the things is is like that 13 years it's not just been domestic uh, navigation which I mean that that it makes it sound I, I realized that because we're in a quite a good place and we're having quite a good conversation it sounds quite conflict less the way we've talked about it but we've had real big arguments like oh, really yeah. big arguments about domestic chores they're well,
1: not for ages actually we've got a really good balance now yeah, yeah in the beginning we definitely
2: like storming out all sorts of things never, never I should hasten to add for my own insecurity sake never me saying she should do all of the chores and I no, should totally that's never been I the I used option. to feel guilty
1: because I'd done the washing up yeah right I'd be like <laughs> why have you How done the washing, up? Do the washing up so I practice? was supposed to
0: do the
2: washing up you've done the washing up it's never going to be balanced etc and I'd be like well
0: yeah but
1: the washing up needs to be done today not in three days time
2: right and then I'm like ah oh, I'm, I'm an oppressor right I should leave you <laughs> Um, which may just be my kind of subconscious manipulating the situation into me not having to do the chores. But anyway, I I'll never know. So we've had like arguments about that. We've had arguments about mental health as well. Like that's that's something that you can't help but have arguments mm. about to a certain extent. Not like are you arguing that I shouldn't like, have mental issues? Oh, God, I still don't know what to say about it. How to describe myself? But I'm doing all right. You know, that's where our kind of conflicts have been, right? Yeah, like, those yeah. kind of areas. Generally speaking, though...
1: I mean, because understanding them doesn't make them easy, necessarily. Right. And so it doesn't mean... The fact that I now know what they are doesn't mean yeah. I can't get upset sometimes when things go a certain way. Uh, you know, I, I still, unfortunately, am a person on the other side of it, so it's... I said the wrong thing often. Yeah. And
2: well, there's always that mistake with thinking that understanding things helps completely, yeah. solves it. And it doesn't. And it doesn't. You can't take away... Because I've definitely reaction. had that with getting better acquainted, like initially when I first started doing it, it it was giving me all of these answers about myself and I felt like I knew myself, remember? Mm. And I was just like so high on it. And then as soon as I had another bad time, it was 10 times worse because I was like, I thought I understood it and I still can't, I I know why I'm feeling this way and I'm still feeling this way. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Generally speaking though, it's been a really, like it's been about friendship and co-working and like supporting each other and editing each other's work and, and, mm. and having conversations that get so deep because they can because we've got 13 years of yeah shorthand
1: but also just playing and being silly as well Yeah, that thing about being alone you can go to the really deep long conversation places and you can also go to the toothbrush improv
2: right places. toothbrush improv excellent <laughs> excellent but although you know one of the members of that improv group really does let let that group down <laughs> by refusing to do any improv, but I feel like their sketches are still pretty good, yeah, their they're skits. <laughs> but they're not, they're not, That's really true though, being silly, like, that's a, like, yeah, I can't be silly in front of anybody to the same extent that I can be silly in front of you. I can still be silly in front of other people, it's not like silliness is reserved only for you, but... There's a sense, rightly or wrongly, that you're not you're not going to judge me. You never do laugh, though. You never I laugh do you
1: laugh sometimes when you're funny. Yeah, you're just I'm not laughing. as funny as I can. You just think, you are. Well, <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, well, we have to agree to disagree about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And another thing that we've been navigating for 13 years, I guess, is monogamy.
1: I do you think we've been navigating that for 13 years? Oh, I suppose so. No, not yeah, 13. Yeah, okay. I I guess,
2: but we have been navigating that. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. So, I mean, do you think that human beings are designed to be monogamous?
1: I don't think it's that straightforward. I don't think we're designed to be monogamous or not monogamous, but uh, I don't think we're designed. (laughs) Yeah, right, you don't. (laughs) Um, um... Atheist, hat on,
2: we're not designed, right.
1: Uh, I do think that it's not necessarily a natural or easy state for human beings to be monogamous. And I think it puts a lot of pressure on happy relationships, the pressure to be monogamous, uh, in a devastating way.
2: Yeah. I mean, my view on it, I think, is that we're animals and because we have these animal instincts they're not very interested in this idea of 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 staying with someone throughout history people have had affairs people have been you know there are many many ways that people have had sex with lots of different people often horrible ways like you know patriarchy meaning that a man has a thousand concubines or whatever if they're rich and powerful I mean I'm not saying every non-monogamous setup is a positive one but to me it seems like we're not designed to to be monogamous but we can choose to be monogamous Mm. if we want and that's a really valid and understandable decision considering that we definitely feel these complicated things of jealousy within whether that's socially created or not jealousy Mm. is something people feel and you know you can be non-monogamous with your mind or your eyes yeah, I mean, Sermon I, on the Mount says you've committed adultery if you look at another woman with lust, but I mean, I it doesn't upset as people, do people as they much. They.
1: They do or not. I can't imagine that people don't do that.
2: No, no, I that's my point of view too. Although there are people who are asexual or whatever who don't feel okay. that kind of desire, but I, I still think that, like. That suggests that monogamy is all about sex, right? And I don't think it's just about sex, is it? It's like it's partly is that this idea that you devote yourself to one person, forsaking all others. That's not just about sex. This is about friendship. It's about like all sorts of different things. You you know that we should be able to like have different friendships.
1: Well, we do. I mean, it's, it's inconsistent in a way, isn't it? I suppose. But I suppose what people mostly are talking about is sexual monogamy. When we're talking about monogamy, we're mostly talking about sex because most people accept that you have a
2: friendship. I think people—it's romantic too. Well, yeah. I think yeah. some people are more more betrayed by a romance that yeah, is that, unconsummated yeah. than they might be by like a one night stand. Oh yeah, sure. that Meant nothing. I somebody. That. So, I mean, how many years have we were we monogamous for? Do you reckon? Um, was it coming it up? It to... would
1: be written down. I think it was about ten or eleven.
2: Yeah, ten or eleven seems about right to me.
1: Mm.
2: And we—I don't know—we certainly never came into this relationship intending to. No, in to fact, open at, it at up the,
1: at the very beginning. We, I think, said that uh, we. I think we said things like, "If if the other person even thought about anybody else, then that would be a sign that it was over." because that's what it was like when you're very young and very intensely in the beginnings of a relationship, I guess.
2: Yeah, I think that's part of expressing how it feels to be in love. Like that kind of, uh, the first kind of love, the first moment.
1: That kind of almost ownership. Ownership,
2: obsession. Yeah. Like wanting to be the same person, never wanting to leave each other alone. (laughs) And having no interest in other people either. Yeah, yeah. So it's really easy to think that way. Yeah. Because really. you, you aren't it. you aren't interested in people, or we weren't. I mean, we shouldn't universalise our experience. I think experience. it is quite a common experience,
1: yeah. the, especially a young relationship.
2: Yeah, because when we got together, and that's another part of it really, isn't it? We got together when I was 19, you were 18.
0: Yeah.
2: We'd had one relationship each yeah. beforehand. Well, one, 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 one sexual relationship each, I guess beforehand yeah. so that's the amount of sex with other people that we'd had before we got together uh, well some extra okay right <laughs> i'm not I'm, what yeah, i'm saying yeah, okay. is our kind of understanding we had only had teen teenage yeah, sure. sex we hadn't had yeah, yeah, adult yeah. sex yeah and then we found each other
1: yeah and that was that
2: and that was out for a for a few years yeah mm. um and i think I reckon two years is like the, the general rule of thumb, talking to people in relationships, that that spark, that initial kind of yeah. intoxication. Three, I think. You pretty, think pretty three? I
1: can say, yeah.
2: Three? It, but it probably depends.
1: Well, yeah, it's probably not... depends
2: out. how much insecurity one half is bringing to the relationship, And he says, raising uh, his hand.
1: And yeah, <coughs> you know, you've got all sorts of things, like situation and age and everything.
2: But we certainly didn't ever think about being non-monogamous for a long time.
1: No. And then we did. Yeah, and then it just seemed like a a very logical thing to do.
2: I mean, how did that happen? I guess I'd been talking about it for a while because I'd been listening to Savage Love, Dan Savage's podcast, and the ideas about non-monogamy kind of came in. And I guess I come from a... I come from a rela- from a family background where my my father had an open relationship with his first marriage, and where there was lots of people sleeping with other people and it being quite complicated. And my dad having split up f- before I was born, all of that stuff.
1: Yeah, my mum, dad having split up. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to.
2: I guess I'm identifying with him because I'm thinking yeah. about myself within. Yeah. And I'm a man. But I always thought that my dad was a great person and the fact that he'd had an affairs shouldn't really necessarily mean that that invalidate him as a person. Mm. But I just feel like a lot of people feel that way. And so that kind of made me already start towards this idea that we should have empathy with the fact that people get tempted, whether they make the right call. I'm not saying it's right to lie to people. and In fact, that's one of the reasons we open up our relationship, right? It's, mm.
1: it's, to, be open, to be open and honest.
2: So it'd been on my radar, and I'd been talking about it a lot and agreeing with it.
1: Well, I suppose for me, you'd been talking about it a lot and agreeing with it, so that'd been in my kind of background thought, and I'd been thinking about it quietly. And I I remember significantly, actually, I heard something on the radio. I don't know what it was. It was a talk programme. and It was about a marriage that had broken up because the man had had an affair. But then his affair had broken up because it was very intense lust, basically. Uh, and uh, he really, really missed his wife, and it was a really, really sad story. And I suppose that sort of made me think, that's interesting, you know, it is natural to have intense desires for other people, but maybe we're looking at it wrong, maybe it's okay to go there, and then come back and still have the relationship you have. It's the the lying that's the problem here, it's not the... uh, ..the act...
2: Right, and we both had intense desires, I guess, for other people. We mm-hmm. hadn't told each other particularly, although no, I guess because it seemed wrong. Yeah, but we, but though that but said, we we're it. so close that we knew, right? Yeah, we just never talked about. It. We just it was an un, they were unacknowledged yeah. desires, but which we was a knew. problem
1: within our relationship actually. That there were things that were unacknowledged. Yeah. So it, it was very, very good for us opening up and talking about those things.
2: Because you might know, but you don't know really. You know that the person's attracted, but you don't know if they're going to leave you for that person no. or not, right? That That's the thing. You, you haven't really examined... It's unexamined.
1: And it's just something else you can't talk about. Right? Yeah. And since we do talk about everything... Yeah. It, those were gaping holes, those things that we couldn't talk about.
2: Yeah, right. Right, they were. And, I mean, you... <laughs> You suggested it first, right?
1: Yeah, I did. I will continue to be surprised by that.
2: Well, I'm glad you did because of the fact that one of the things when you talk to people about having an open relationship if you're a man, one of the things that people are inclined to think is that uh, the man is pressurising the woman into it because they want to have loads of sex. Because of the way we're socialised, right? I'm not claiming that women want sex less necessarily than men. I'm not suggesting that all men want sex loads. I'm not even suggesting that I want sex loads. That may or may not be true, but it's not something I'm suggesting. But I I think like so, social social attitudes to these things put you in this position where people think he's exploiting her.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's helpful.
1: Yeah, that, was me that, suggested.
2: Yeah, that is helpful. Because it, it makes people at least stop and... Stop for a moment before they decide that you only did that because I was because you felt like because of a my very maleness. Well getting out thing
1: way. anyway. I mean, after I suggested it, we spent quite a long time talking about it and thinking about it before we did it. Yeah. And then,
2: although I have, I still do apologise that I acted on the practical side of things and then told you afterwards. That wasn't the good stuff. which wasn't what we'd intended.
1: No. But we got over
2: that. But we got over that.
1: And it did break the water uh, down I suppose. I don't know if we'd so have ever positive, done it would we. There was yeah. a positive side to that. It, it wasn't nice at the time but it was Um yeah. It had a positive
2: effect. And I you know, I I hold my hands up to that and but I mean also that's a bit more equaled out by the fact as well though that that kind of was equaled out by the fact that you that I felt a slight betrayal anyway about you having kind of an interest in somebody else. Because the thing is, what you initially feel it is, it's something you can't provide that they're yeah. looking for. And what I've come to realise is it kind of is, but that's okay.
1: Yeah, because you can't expect, there's a lot of pressure to put on someone to expect them to be everything that you might need in your life right. at different times. I mean, it's just not realistic, is it?
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you don't expect all of your friends to provide you... Like, you don't expect your best friend to provide you with all of the friendship that you possibly could need in life.
1: No.
2: So why should you expect your best lover, if you like? That's a, mm-hmm. a league table I'm not prepared to start. But your your primary lover, your your, your primary partner. Your partner, yeah. Your partner, cause that's because that's the
1: definition. I think I, and I think that is a very big distinction in what we've decided to do, is that we haven't gone into a polyamorous relationship. No. We are still the only real partnership we're you're the not, ones who share not, the admin have partner, are you? <laughs> no or am I. right um but these acts of unfaithfulness i guess they're not unfaithful i don't mean that they're not unfaithful because they're allowed but they are what they would be if if they weren't allowed if you see what i mean they're just they're extras
2: yeah yeah although to be fair and clear and respectful and to all of the people who we've been with as well, it isn't the that's not to invalidate those interactions no I didn't mean that. no, no, no I, I'm not saying you did Jen no <laughs> one will have thought that you did I'm just clarifying it yeah. because like what you look for. What you're getting is friendship too. It's like it's it's romance, Definitely. it's all of those things. And those things. are relationships. Right.
1: What I mean is they're not.
2: They're not partnerships.
1: Yeah.
2: And I'm what I'm doing is giving back up. Okay. <laughs> I'm not challenging. <laughs>
1: right.
2: Yeah, fair enough. And the reason that we're getting stressed out about it a little bit is because we want to make sure that it's clear, right? Mm-hmm. Because. It's a similar thing that we had when we were talking about in our first conversation together, talking about not wanting to have children, Mm. which, of course, we can't do now by this Uh, conversation. I've had a vasectomy, Um, which, I don't know, I think part of that was definitely inspired by having an open relationship in that, like, I don't want to be putting myself into a situation where if something went wrong, I would have to worry about somebody else having keeping or not keeping a child that I don't want and it would be their right to do so Mm. because I believe in the right of choice which is why I made the choice to 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 do that although I guess that's a choice that I made potentially well pretty much for both of us in some ways
1: well yeah but I mean that was also discussed at length wasn't it I mean you can never know that I wouldn't change my mind or whatever I can never know that but it was a conversation that we had together and I was very clear that it had to be your decision and it was for you, but you had to also make sure that, you know, I was okay with it.
2: Yeah. Although it does mean if you do ever change your mind now, it'll have to be another man's child that you have.
1: Yeah. And everybody will know that.
2: Yeah, but that's kind of cool with <laughs> me anyway, because part of my issue is I don't want to pass on my specific genes. And uh, I'm all for a child being brought up by a group of people. I think that's like less dangerous than by intensive relationships with parents. Um <laughs> I'm um, not entirely sure how fertile I am anyway, so. Yeah, I know, result. We didn't even have to bother for for you, but but there we are. Yeah, I I mean, I guess, like, this is the first time, technically, that we've talked publicly about this. Yeah. If we choose to use it, which we may not. But we're getting into a situation where it's like, because of the nature of my work that I do, like the storytelling and the podcasting, it becomes harder and harder for me to keep it secret from Mm. that and not make that a part of what I'm doing. And inevitably, that's going to mean that you are included in it, which is what we were kind of talking about right back at the start of this conversation. So one of the reasons I wanted to do this was to allow you to have a voice in this, because you're not going to publicly talk about it necessarily. Well, eventually we will, right? Yeah. Eventually we want to write something together about it. Yeah. Which was your idea as well, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested in um, journaling and uh, recorded journeys. And I think that it's an interesting thing that we're doing that, that could be useful and interesting to other people. I think it would be a, a good thing to write about our experiences on it, on yeah. this journey. And it's, you know, it's we've talked a lot about journeys and... I think we both kind of like journeys in some ways and this is another journey that we're on together It's an adventure.
2: Well opening up our relationship is part of that refining process right? Yeah. That we're both interested in and when we've opened it up we've always said it's open until it doesn't work and if we need to refine it some more and go back there may be times in our lives when we are completely monogamous again there may be and it definitely whatever.
1: definitely checking in and talking about it is an important part of the process. It's,
2: yeah, and it evolves, right?
1: Yeah, and if ever anybody's not happy, it will stop. Yeah. For however long that need to be.
2: I it mean, it, our initial rules have definitely changed.
1: Definitely. I mean, they started off very... Uh, very closed.
2: restrictive, yeah. And they changed
1: But that makes sense. It's like getting, getting in the water. If you're not a very confident swimmer, isn't it? You start at the shallow end, and then you gradually get more confident.
2: Yeah. Um, absolutely. I mean, and... Like it's, it's, and and it's funny because you, you, it, again, it's like that thing we were talking about when you find a solution and you think that solves everything. And I think there was a period of time in the open relationship that felt a little bit like that. And we were always quite resistant to the idea of proselytizing it, Mm -hmm. even though we felt like, oh my God, this is the solution. Everyone should do it. Yeah. Because we were, had, had an an inkling that that might be the case, I think. Yeah. Because... Yeah, okay, initially you go, oh, right, this solves a lot of my initial problems and will allow me to be my real and true and yeah, natural self." of son. course,
1: nothing actually does that, Pete.
2: It can't for anyone. No. And and also it's like, then you go, oh, right, all of those insecurities I had when I was a teenager, right, they've all got to be worked through again because I've had this reliance on somebody, like I've had a relationship with somebody and that's meant I felt loved. Mm-hmm. I haven't had to feel rejected. Yeah. Uh, and." So then I mean, you've got to deal with that.
1: I think as well, anything like this, well, anything like anything, actually, anything that you enjoy and that's exciting and that um, seems to solve problems, like a first relationship, you can't judge objectively to begin. we well, can't ever judge anything objectively, but you you really can't at the beginning. You have to wait for the dust to settle and then look around when you can see clearly and see what is going on then.
2: Yeah. No, that's really true, I think. And it has been an evolving process. But it's been, a, I mean, ultimately we think it's a good call at the moment, right?
1: Yeah, at the moment it seems to be working fine. I mean, it's, it's always different in terms of what's happening and whether anything is happening. And whether it's even, I mean, at the moment it's very low on my radar. I'm very focused on other things. At yeah. The um, whereas for you at the moment it's quite high on your radar. Yeah. So it, but what God. It, it's... Uh, <laughs>
2: Yes, at this moment in time, I am... Well, people call it sometimes... People in polyamorous relationships, which we're not in, Mm -hmm. uh, call it polysaturated when they've got too many lovers, uh, partners, whatever they choose to call them. I'm a little bit like that, but at the same time, none of those people are necessarily interested. So it's a weird situation where there's... Lots of potential, but lots of potential rejection at the same time, and nothing is, nothing is uh, is, is is operating. Has, how, it same sounds like it's like a machine or something. I don't to, It's like still everyone's human. We're all human beings.
1: It's a lot of drama for
2: you. We're just trying to get on. Yeah, it's only but it's probably only drama in my own head. The, oh,
1: isn't that where most of this kind of drama happens? You like yeah. being a
2: teenager. Right. Well, it. We've said that many times, haven't we? That mm. makes us feel like in bad ways and good ways that we're teenagers again. Yeah. But um, but it's generally working. We've found.
1: Yeah, so far, it's it's, very it's been very good for us and yeah for, for us personally and for us as a couple. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, and that's I mean that's it. Like for us, it's been like uh, we've had we we didn't realise we could get deeper. No. In terms of what we could talk about emotionally. Yeah. Until suddenly we had this area that we wouldn't talk about taking away and suddenly we could talk about the really deep, like, stuff to do with sexuality and desire and...
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, like, understand each other better, learn new I things. i a lot
1: closer since, yeah. since we've sort of started doing this.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I hope that, though, I mean, I do you feel like it's unfair... For us to like, it's greedy. Like a friend of mine People said, do it's say greedy. That, don't
1: they? Uh, it's like the oh, have your cake and eat it kind of thing. In some ways, maybe. it is. Well, no, I don't think it is. It's I don't just think a it's choice. Easy. It's just a different way of living your life. You know, it's. It's,
2: it's not easier. It's actually complicated. more. Com- like if you look at my like life at the moment, which we're not going to go into for the for the for the microphone, but like it's not. That's not simpler no. than being monogamous. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's happy. I'm not saying if I was. I don't
1: think, I don't think there's anything wrong there's... with it at all, as long as nobody's getting hurt. So as long as you're mindful of the people, everybody yeah. involved, and as long as you're open and honest with Ethical. everybody involved, I don't see how it is a problem, really. Um, I mean, it's easy to feel guilty in that sense sometimes because because that it's so not what is accepted in society, and uh, there are certain sort of fields of my life that I would not be comfortable with sharing this information in. So it'll be interesting to see whether I let this podcast go out.
2: Well, if it does, I'll probably try and narrow the fields so that they're less likely like to be to find find, found by people who you know personally. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I mean, also, I think, yeah, that's, like, it's, it's, it's a really sort of strange area of life I think sexuality because we're taught to feel so ashamed of it Mm. and like whether when we've been monogamous and when we've been open my problem has still been the same
1: yeah
2: which is that I am ashamed of of my sexuality to a certain extent my male heterosexual sexuality is not something that I've ever learnt to feel comfortable with um probably because i i mean not because because i still believe in 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 the feminist agenda but i think that like because of being brought up and understanding that seeing men as monsters and women as victims is the way that we're supposed to see the world right Mm. now i didn't i I was never taught to see women as victims Mm. but i think i was taught to a certain extent not by everybody growing up but to see men as monsters Mm. and I think that the truth of the matter is that women and men shouldn't be ashamed of their sexualities that Mm. women shouldn't feel like they can't own their sexualities and men shouldn't feel like we can't own ours the problem comes that a lot of male behavior is about owning women's sexuality and that's problematic Mm. but they should own their own Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely
2: and I've sort of Learned shame, and a lot of religions and societies and stuff have taught people throughout history to feel shame for sexuality.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's very complicated.
2: And so that's one of the reasons why we end up feeling guilty a lot. Yeah. It's because we're taught that we're not supposed to want things. We're not supposed to have desires.
1: And that, yeah, exactly that, yeah. That... I don't have anything to to that. No? <laughs> yeah.
2: You can though if you want.
1: Yeah, I was going to, but it was just going to say the same thing that you said in a slightly different way, so I decided not to.
2: Well, if it had been me, I would have definitely repeated it in a slightly different way because that is definitely <laughs> my style, though. right? <laughs> I think. How is? What about telling people? I mean, we've told, we've told most, most people, people now.
1: It's difficult. Um, I mean, I think, I think that we said from the beginning that one of the things that, that we felt was important about it was just the The fact of being open about it, so being open, the, the openness is the key in all directions. That mm. being open about it is almost as important as being open to with ourselves. Yeah, because because of that, getting rid of this thing about shame and owning the choices that we make, and
2: if people don't come out, yeah, then how, how then can you, yeah,
1: how can you change anything in terms of attitude and acceptance? in the world so I do think it's important to be open and we have tried to tell people as we've been going along but sometimes it's very difficult some of our oldest friends have been quite difficult to tell I think we've
2: found haven't we they've known us a longer time they've got more kind of connection they they kind of partly it's because we've been seen as the constant the Mm -hmm. relationship that is constant and we still are uh, if they want to see us in that way which they shouldn't because it's a peculiar pedestal to be put on but it, 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 we still are constant we're just also seeing other people occasionally mm. but I mean I think there's 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 yeah that's the thing that they they know us as a couple so well that it feels like we're breaking their yeah breaking their hearts
1: <laughs> yeah and also there's a certain amount of fear as well of, of, of we you know no matter how well you know somebody and no matter how well you know that they will still be your friend at the end of it you there's still a fear that somebody you know and love is going to judge you
2: disgust yeah, that's the thing. A couple of the responses that I've had here or there have had a, have t- had twinges of disgust in them although and that's really hard to deal with
1: I've actually not had that a lot, and no. overwhelmingly, my experience has been just interest, everybody's been sort of quite supportive and interested and excited for us. <laughs>
2: But I think that's a, maybe a marker of our friends yes. as much as anything else, though. Right? I mean, we'll see. Mm. I mean, uh, coming out is a very hard thing to do about something like this, though, because it seems like you're boasting. I'm not, but, you know, like that, that's one of the other things. Like, some recently on, <laughs> on Twitter, somebody coined a word that was the word smug sexual, and it offended lots of people who have kind of uh, whatever kind of, sexualities that are about embracing and celebrating their sexualities right it offended them because the implication is that that they're going on and on about their sex lives and boring people because they're so smug about what they're doing but they actually feel like what every day when they're talking about their sexualities and celebrating them that's a radical political act against a society that will not allow them to not feel shame and i think that's really true yes. but i think this fear that that we're boring people, like, that, that it's all about us, that it's making its... Yeah. It's like, I don't because really I want to talk like, about having like sex with people. I no, mean, like, I don't want to
1: talk about that. But, 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 but the concept of being open is...
2: It reveals...
1: Is it, something.
2: When you say open, you're, t- you're basically saying, I have sex with lots of... Like, well, yeah, I whatever. Mean, you,
1: normally you don't talk about sex at all, do you? So, I mean, if somebody's in a relationship, if you think about it, you're going to assume that they're going to have sex, but that's so normalised that yeah. so we don't think about right. it. We don't have to imagine those people having sex. Whereas if you put something that's slightly off norm in there, then it makes people imagine it. And that's maybe why so why uh, gay people have a problem to an extent coming out with people's reactions. I mean, maybe people react badly because they have to imagine that then.
2: But then what's like, so bad like, about you know, imagining nothing? sex, right? Well,
1: nothing. I'm not saying that's bad. Because we've been taught it's that so bad. Exactly. That's what I'm saying.
2: I mean, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Jen. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's interesting. <coughs> but I mean, I feel bad about anything, talking about anything, about myself. So I don't really feel any different about this than I do about anything else.
2: Right. And I think, I mean, a lot of the reactions that we've had have been really positive. And, I, 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 and
1: actually, people have wanted to talk about it more than I have. And, you know, I've had long conversations with people, not because I've wanted to have them. I mean, not that I haven't wanted to have them, but, but because they've asked questions and they've wanted to know
2: yeah well people are interested because you're being you're you're taking a different decision and how is that working uh let and then they want to have a they want to have a think about that and apply that to their own lives and and consider and that's reasonable that's what we all do don't we in our lives but i mean that's the thing it's it's it doesn't feel like a big deal but i know that it's something that people are going to treat as a big deal and it is a it is an area of life where you're going to get judged and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's p- relatively pretty damn privileged people. We don't have very much, situ- very many situations where like our lifestyle gets judged in this kind of way. And
1: it's also a privileged, I and mean, when we come at this from a, a, a privileged position anyway, you, we can make this decision because we're in a privi- privileged position of being in a very good, open secure relationship
0: yeah
2: right so that's already, a privilege in itself that's a privilege yeah.
1: and then I can see how some people could be then upset by the fact that not only have we got that but
2: well yeah I mean single people don't want to listen to your problems about if a, if a, a, an extra person from outside your relationship is interested in you or not yeah. they don't want to listen to that because you've already got one thing they want and then you're talking about another thing that they want and they don't want to listen to that yeah but at the same time, it's not easy on either side of that. I think it's it's like, I think, unlike some situations of privilege, like, it's, it's less kind of defined. There are benefits to being on your own, and there are benefits of being in a couple. There are benefits of being in a closed monogamous relationship, and there are benefits of being in an open, mm. uh, non-monogamous relationship. I mean, this is working out for us at the moment. And it's really helping sending me work through my issues in some ways
1: and and me as well, I, yeah, you know, I'm finding it quite liberating it's, i think it's it just gives us a bit of space in the relationship and and the more space you have within a relationship, the closer you can come because it's not enforced closeness it's you know it's it's it, the steps the steps to come together that you choose to make
2: yeah yeah, that's true. I, that, yeah, I feel that way too, and I think I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a load of other people out there as well who've got open relationships or non-monogamish, non-monogam- as Dan Savage likes like to call it. Like rules. Like, there's loads of people who turn a blind eye. Both like, like, yeah. like we used to turn blind eyes to people to us desiring other people. There are people who turn blind eyes to people actually, actually having did. sex with other people, yeah. and. That makes their relationship work, and that makes it like work out for them. And I really think that nobody has the answers, right? We're all—I mean, you know—my big thing of like we're all just trying to get through life in whatever way we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And but also that there's no, there is no right, there's no right choice. It's just a choice. It's just how you choose to live your life. Just the same as, you know, whether you choose to eat. I was going to say meat, but that's a bit different because people do that for ethical reasons. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe eating isn't a good whether you choose to drink or not. It's a lifestyle choice, isn't it? You know, you you can drink or you cannot drink. Right. As long as There's you're not benefits. harming anybody else. Yeah, and as long, do, long as it's not you, harming I mean, yourself. You don't to judge that,
2: yeah. And I mean, I'm sure that I know that sexuality can 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 be a form of self harm, although that's people's choices, just as it's someone's choice to just. Well, not exactly a choice to be an alcoholic. It's very complicated, but mm. there's a there's an element of getting of of, of getting yourself into a situation where uh, you can self harm in these ways. You know, you, there is an element of uh, decision.
1: Yeah.
2: Choice is the wrong word, I think, but 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 that doesn't mean that all sexuality or all drinks, all drinking is dangerous you know and if we're all honest about where we're from and what we're doing and how it's going and and where we're at then like you know i totally understand why alcoholics anonymous is an anonymous thing but i also think that i admire and support the choices of anybody who wants to be open about their fact that they're an addict
1: although even in alcoholics anonymous those people are being open about the fact that they're an addict they're just not same as we are, we're being open, yeah. that we are open, but I'm not necessarily going to go to work and talk about it. Right.
2: I mean, it's exactly, there's levels and there's decisions. And I also, I don't like people who say all gay people have to come out because you don't know what their life is like, you know, you don't know if their parents are going to like kick them to death for coming out to them, you don't know. Like not everyone is in a situation where they can be that uh, uh, person who, who who helps educate the rest of the world, about the realities of, of human diversity. But everybody who can, right, everybody who can, and straight, white, privileged people definitely can.
1: Mm, I wouldn't like to use that. Well, the word OK, definitely. definitely is
2: a bad word, and you're right. And, of course, lots of them will have mental health issues or mm. disabilities. I mean, that was only a few of the checklists.
1: I mean, I think, basically, you can't judge anybody for the decisions that they make in these kind of things. But, at the same time... Personally, people have a responsibility in a way to use the things that, that they find difficult in their lives to help make other people in similar situations have an easier time with
2: it. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And I think that it's not that everybody should come out about whatever their thing is, whether it be an addiction or an open relationship or uh, gay or trans or asexual or... You know, the, the millions of different things that we can be millions, maybe a bit extreme, but the whatever it is that they have to come out about. I don't think that they should come out, but I think the more that we can all talk openly and honestly about where where we're at, yeah. the better it is for everybody, everybody. understanding. I do agree with that. Like, and that's that's the thing, like, so often people change their mind about sexuality when they have a gay friend, when their friend yeah. comes out to them, or when their family member comes out to them, when they can suddenly see a reality of someone's life. And I'm not comparing, like, coming out about an open relationship to coming out about if you're gay, because that's a much harder and more problematic oppression
1: and also you're on your own in every other way you can come out, well, pretty much every other way you can come out, whereas the advantage of coming out as being open or polyamorous is that you've got someone to share it with yeah, you in it together. right. I mean, everybody could revolt against us and we'd still be able to come home and be okay together.
2: Right, yeah, you're less isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, but I, I do think for that reason that if people are in this position that it helps, like... It helps for everybody to stop thinking that marriage and rom-coms and like the blueprint that we're sold
1: is the only is the
2: only one, yeah. or even a valid thing in it that like in itself, like this this idea of one stamp relationships just doesn't work. One stamp families, like the nuclear family, is a problematic idea.
1: One stamp shoes. What do you My, mean? Well, I mean it's a trite point but it's the same you know we 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 don't have unless you have a lot of money you don't go to a cobbler anymore to have your shoes made you don't go to a tailor to have your clothes made so nothing fits one size fits all you have to choose the dress sizes that exist rather than have things made for your shape and that's a a trite and physical and um, materialist analogy but it still works no it, it does still, work and I don't, control. don't think it, it needed as much sitting. negative critique necessarily
2: <laughs> w- well done though <laughs> I don't know if you anticipated every potential criticism people could have for you on that
1: I don't even know if couplers is the right word who makes shoes
0: elves <laughs> they make shoes
2: <laughs> yeah I mean, hopefully we'll air this. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. We'll certainly air a lot of it. I think if it goes out, it'll be a two. It's going to be but a two-parter. It it's going to be. It's been around two hours. So it'll be like you'll be like me, like Radcliffe's to anyone who's had a other one who's had a two-parter. But you should have a two-parter. Like you are my like partner for life.
1: I'm not that interesting, <laughs> But well, this last part of the conversation probably is pretty Yeah, this is, this is giving them a <laughs> like,
2: Now at least they've got some salacious details. Um, yeah. Well, it has been a pleasure getting better acquainted with you, Jen. And uh, the last question that I ask everybody.
1: You're not going to ask me to plug anything, are you now?
2: As a fan of the show, you should know. <laughs> what I'm going to say is, do you have anything to plug?
1: Um, Honesty and openness—not necessarily sexual openness, but just general general yeah. openness—it's it's good for the soul and probably the world.
2: Yeah, but it's not simple. No, nothing can ever be simple. But that's that's not a reason not to not to be honest and open. I think. It's no, like
1: absolutely, and I actually, I don't know. In the in, it's not simple, but in some ways. Things are simpler if you are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's Niels Bohr again, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I think you have to back that up. I think you can just say Niels Bohr. I wish I could, though, because
2: so, so, I'm so getting so, so, so fed <laughs> up of having to always quote him. Uh, basically, it's just that... It's just basically the idea that a profound truth is one where the opposite of that truth is also true. And I find that to be the case for... Everything. Uh, And yeah, the truth here is nothing is ever simple, and yet there are things you can do that make things simpler. Mm Well,
1: I'd even go as far as to say nothing is ever simple, and everything is simple.
2: There we go, that's a much better way of saying it. I'm glad I I had you here to repeat it back but rephrase it. Thanks very much for this. Um, This is on our adventure day. Oh, yeah. On our adventure day, which adventure days are days we spend together offline
1: Apparently having an adventure,
2: but not off mic this time, but generally speaking, off mic anyway. Uh, the last thing I ask my guests to do is to say goodbye to the audience.
1: Goodbye,
2: that's really news I Hello, <laughs> bye
0: <laughs> <laughs> next week. The personal season ends with an episode all about me, which mixes true stories told over the last few years at live events with some songs from my open EP that I released earlier this year. Mostly my voice, but different registers, different contexts, making up an hour or so about me. Don't worry. After next week, we're getting back to getting better acquainted primarily with other people for a bit. You can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter, at GBA Podcast. You can find it on Facebook, it's Getting Better Acquainted. Have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website, www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk. You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app, you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the App Store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.